just like to welcome everybody who's joining us for our live stream uh, on YouTube. Uh, if you'd like to come and be part of the whole service, you can join us via Zoom for the whole service. Drop us an email at info, -city, info at city-temple.com uh, or you can just come down to City Temple and meet us in person. We meet each uh, Sunday at 11 a.m. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to two places. First of all, let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 12, and then we're going to go over to Colossians chapter 2. And before we read, let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is trustworthy and true. And I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you'd speak it into our hearts and minds today. Thank you for the privilege of coming together and coming before you. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill me up, that the word I bring might be your word to your people today, presented boldly and faithfully to the glory and honor of Jesus. For we pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, uh, David in, in this scene is out in the wilderness. He's uh, trying to avoid King Saul, who was trying to kill him. And King Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. And so David's here out in the wilderness, and a bunch of Benjamin warriors from the tribe of Benjamin come to him. Now, that's, these are Saul's kinsmen. And so they come to him and say, hey, David, we want to join you. Now, you can imagine how you might feel about that. So that's where we pick up in chapter 12, starting with verse 16. And some of the men of Benjamin and Judah came to the stronghold to David. David went out to meet them and said to them, if you have come to me in friendship to help me, my heart will be joined to you. But if to betray me to my adversaries, although there is no wrong in my hands, then may the God of our fathers see and rebuke you. Then the spirit clothed Amasai, chief of the third, and he said, We are yours, O David, and with you, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you, and peace to your helpers, for your God helps you. Then David received them, and made them officers of his troops. And then we jump over to Colossians, Colossians chapter 2. Paul has just been talking to them about his call to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and to share the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then we pick up with chapter 2, verse 1. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For although I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. 
These last few weeks, I've been talking a bit about some of the prophetic words that God has given me uh, in recent months and recent years for City Temple, especially those that have some uh, importance for us as we are into now uh, the year 2022 and all that God is going to be doing in our midst. And so I'm going to continue that today and then also next, uh, next week. And then hopefully Marcos or Gisela will be preaching for us the third Sunday of this month, but I didn't tell them that beforehand. So uh, it's the first they've heard about it. Uh, but uh, look forward to getting them again. Avi stole their spot in January, but uh, uh, anyway. And, uh, and I like when God starts speaking to me, I like to look for themes in what God says over a period of time. I have a journal, uh, actually it's a computer, where, where I take notes whenever I feel like God's giving me a word. And most of the stuff that God shares with me are just for me. You know, it's, it's, uh, occasionally God will have me share uh, what he tells me with other people, but a lot of times he's speaking to me. Uh, and so I look for themes because themes are important. If God says something once, obviously it's important because that's God. If God says something twice, well, that means it's still pretty important. But if God says something three times, you better know he's really, really serious about it. And you need to take it seriously. And so I was looking back over the different words that God spoke, and I noticed this theme, uh, which uh, is, is around the, the title of the sermon, Hearts Knit Together. And so I want to share with you a few of the words uh, that the Lord has given to me. In brief, I won't share the whole thing. Uh, the first one here comes from the 31st of August in, 20, uh, in the year 20, 2020. He's, the Lord says, Do not be afraid to march into or move into the season of redevelopment. I will sustain you and provide for you. I will sustain and provide for the church. You will always have people, and you will have those who will be faithful to me, to you, and to the church. I have knit their hearts together for you. It's a great word. By the way, uh, the Lord's promise to sustain us, you know, we were on a massive losing streak financially because of the pandemic until last September. And God sovereignly stopped the losing streak, if you will, and our bank accounts remained almost the same, September, October, uh, November, December, and into January. Yet we weren't spending less money, and you guys weren't giving a lot more. I mean, you guys are good givers. But it's extraordinary. It really is. So God's kept his word there. Uh, here's another one. This comes from August of 2021, so a year later. He says, the Lord said, I have knit many people's hearts together with yours, both in the church and beyond. You will become as Gideon's army. You will not lose them. They will remain faithful to you as you have remained faithful to me. Interesting with that too. Remember Gideon's army? Gideon started out with 10,000 and he got down to 300. Now, so Gideon's army is always a reduction in numbers. That's why I don't panic when numbers go up and down. Now, the Lord's in charge of that kind of stuff. And this one 
from the 30th of December last year, everyone who has persevered with you and has knit their hearts to you shall receive a reward, a deep and rich blessing of endurance. So that's a good thing. You know, if you endure, there's a reward that God is going to give everybody. I don't know what your reward's going to be. I don't even know what mine's going to be. But I always know God gives good things. So when he gives a reward, it's pretty special. So be on the lookout to this. Also, on the 30th of December, I felt the Lord say this. Much will happen quickly now concerning the building. Well, we struggled for years. And look, the month of January, whop, it's in place. Uh, do not fret, for you will not lose any of those whose hearts are knit to yours in the turmoil uh, ahead. And by the way, the word turmoil wasn't a bad word. You know, when you move house, there's a lot of turmoil. And we'll be moving house at some point in time. There's going to be some turmoil. Uh, but the Lord's promise, you're not going to lose anybody who's, who's knit together. This whole idea of being knit together is very, very important for us. And it's not only important for City Temple, it's important for any Christian throughout the body of Christ. These promises, the things we're talking about here, is something important for every single follower of Jesus not just somebody who might be part of City Temple. I believe that City Temple's strength over the next few years will come from the fact that our hearts are knit together. We're knit together with one another here at City Temple, with those who are elders and leaders in the church, and with those who are people in the church. And I'm so thankful to God for people uh, whose, whose hearts are knit together with mine and how they've sustained me. You know, I see... Christine here in the, in, the, in the sanctuary. And the Lord knit Christine's heart to ours. Uh, was it even before the first Sunday I came? Uh, it was definitely at the first Sunday. And that's over 20 years ago. And I mean, you know, the thing about Christine, she doesn't look a day older. But my hair is gray. I, I just, I don't understand that. Uh, maybe that's her reward, you know to always look eternally beautiful. I, I, don't, I don't get it, but uh, who knows? Uh, but, you know, it's such a blessing when that happens. And it's such strength. I get strength from that. You get strength from that. And God has knitted us together here at City Temple for the journey ahead, for His kingdom purposes. But we do need to understand what it means to have our hearts knit together in order to benefit from it. Because if you don't understand it and you don't allow it to happen, and let me tell you, having your, nart, your, nart, your heart knit together with somebody else is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not necessarily something you set out to do. In fact, sometimes the Lord will knit your heart together with somebody you don't care for too much. That's really complicated, you know? And sometimes the Lord, uh, and actually here at City Temple, often the Lord is going to knit your heart together 
with somebody who doesn't look like you, who doesn't think like you, who doesn't have the first, same first language as you do, who doesn't come from the same continent as you do, let alone the same country, but the Lord will knit your heart together and he's got a purpose in that and a blessing in that for us and we need to allow it to happen and embrace it when it does happen. Otherwise, we won't benefit from it. And so we need to begin by knowing and embracing the purpose, the purpose is for having our hearts knit together, for letting our hearts be knit together. And there's a number of them. I'm just going to list five, but there's probably more than that. Uh, the first purpose for having our hearts knit together is so that we ourselves, individually and corporately, will experience what Paul says in chapter 1 in verse 27, the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, many people in Western nations mistake what Paul is talking about there. I've heard this verse for years, and what the preacher was saying is that Christ, I need to know the mystery of Christ being in me individually, which is the hope of glory for me as an individual. That's not what Paul says. If Paul was in the southern parts of, of the United States, uh, he'd say, y'all's heart being knit together. Because it's plural. It refers to all of us having our hearts knit together. And you know what? The only way that you personally will fully understand the glory of Jesus Christ in you is having your heart knit together with other Christians. There's a second purpose for having our hearts knit together. And this comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. It's so that we will know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. John's very clear in 1 John, in his first letter, that the love of Jesus and the love of brothers and sisters in Christ are inextricably linked with one another. The only way you can know the love of Christ that passes, surpasses knowledge is to have your hearts knit together. A third purpose, also from Ephesians 3.19, is so that we will be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, we talked when I was praying for Marcos, we ask the Holy Spirit to fill him up, right? And we pray that. And that's a good prayer to say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. But you know what? All the fullness of God was only ever in one person, and that's Jesus. Jesus was the only person that could ever tolerate that. If God suddenly right now filled me with all of his fullness, I would dissolve into cinders, which would be a lot better than me exploding. A lot less messy because we can't handle it. But the promise is, when our hearts are knit together, together we can be filled with all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. That's a purpose of having our hearts knit together. Also, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. We have our hearts knit together so that we will affect the world around us. We will change the world, in particular, the spiritual realms around us as through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities uh, in the heavenly places. That the heavenly realms around us that affect this world 
They will know, they will know the manifold wisdom of God as our hearts are knit together. The fifth purpose that I'll mention here for our hearts being knit together is so that, according to verse 25, we will make the word of God fully known. The word of God cannot be fully known in this world unless the hearts of Christians are knit together in each church that God puts us. We're not talking about some global Christian love fest where we all link our hands, you know, because that's easy. You know, that really is easy to put your mind in that. What's really hard is to have your heart knit together with a person that sits next to you and they forgot to shower this morning. Then it's a challenge. Then it's a challenge. But the world will know, the people around us will see, our communities will know the word of God. It will make, be made fully known when our hearts are knit together and we will proclaim Jesus Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So when our hearts are knit together, that's when we effectively proclaim Jesus. You know, one of the reasons why people are not listening to a lot of street people, uh, preachers today is not because they're bad. And certainly I don't, I'm not, I don't have a problem with people preaching on the streets. But because they're seeing the lone street preacher, they're not seeing Christians who have their hearts knit together. If you want to make a difference, if you want people to see Jesus and respond to Jesus, they need to see Christians proclaiming Christ. You still have to proclaim Jesus. You know, the fact that we're just walking down the road with our arms linked doesn't proclaim Christ. That involves what we say. But the reason the world's not responding to it is because they're not seeing Christians with their hearts knit together. And so the purpose of having our hearts knit together is so that the word of God will be made fully known and we will proclaim Jesus and people will see, wow, you know, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Jesus because we see it in these people. So that's the purpose. But we also need to understand the prerequisites for having our hearts knit together. And there are definite prerequisites. And the prerequisites can be phrased in the context of questions. Three questions uh, reveal the prerequisites and it's effectively the three questions that David asked the guys that came from the tribe of Benjamin. Now remember as I said he's out in the wilderness in a stronghold. He has a, a group of warriors. Now these, these, at this stage these are warriors. Okay, These are men trained in combat that are coming to him. And, uh, and they're so good that they end up being officers of his people. But they're coming from Benjamin, from Saul's tribe. So, I mean, the easiest thing in the world would be for Saul to say, hey, brothers, why don't you go to David, pretend that you're on his side, but then when he takes you in, you slaughter everybody. And so that's the risk here. It's a very, very real danger for David at this stage. So David asked them three questions. He says, have you come in shalom? In the text we read, it says, have you come in friendship? But that word friendship is the Hebrew word shalom. 
And it's repeated down in what Amasai says when he says, peace, peace to you, and peace to everyone who helps you. So have you come in shalom? This question means, have you come to promote well-being in our midst? Have you come to do good? Have you come to bring a blessing? Have you come to build? Have you come to make us better together? That's the first question. Over the years, I've had a lot of people come into this church who were not coming in shalom. I've had people claim to be prophets in this church come in and want to call us down. I've had people come into this church uh, who uh, pretended to be one of us and really weren't. We've had people come in, uh, ingratiate themselves into the life of the church, and then try to get their own way. We've had people come in, ingratiate themselves into the life of the church, and then betray people. Uh, I could list uh, incident after incident after incident, and we're not alone in this. We're not unique in this. Not everybody who comes is your friend. And that's why David said, question number one, have you come in shalom? Have you come for our well-being? Now notice, it's not for your well-being, it's for our well-being, and our well-being together. So it's okay to come and want to experience that well-being, but you experience that well-being not just for yourself, but for togetherness, for your hearts being knit together. And then David asked a second question. Have you come to help? Have you come to help? You know, it's not enough just to come to promote well-being. You need to come really to help. Have you come to get your hands dirty? Have you come to work side by side with us? Have you come to give your time and your energy and your resources to make a difference? Have you come to build this place up and to give of yourself to other people? Have you come to help? And third question, will you unite your heart with mine? You know, when I first uh, heard about the three questions, I was really uncomfortable with that third one. Because anybody who knows me knows that I don't like to put the spotlight on myself and I don't like to make anything about me. I never have. But I have learned over uh, more than 30 years of ministry now, I have learned very clearly the importance of being willing to unite your heart with the central leader and leaders of the church. I've seen what happens when someone comes and they say, hey, I really love everybody in this church, but I can't stand the preacher. It's not good. It never is. And so you have to be willing to unite your heart fully with the leader, and in our church, it's not just me as the leader, it's also our elders, you know, Marcos, uh, uh, Andrew, Olashina, and, and others that have served in the past. Are you really willing to unite your heart together to let God do his work? These three questions are absolutely essential. And I'll tell you, if you're a Christian and you're going to a church and you can't answer yes to those three questions, you're in the wrong place. And you'll probably in a, be in a place where you'll start falling into sin. And you can end up doing more damage 
then you do good. Have you come in shalom? Have you come to help? And are you willing to unite your heart fully with the leaders? Paul calls this having our hearts knit together in love. In other words, it's the outcome that happens when you answer these three questions. If you say, yes, you know, I, I'm, yes, I'm coming in peace, I've come to help, I've come to unite my heart, then uh, the outcome is that your heart will be knit together in love. Now, by the way, let me say this, too, very clearly. It's not wrong to go to a church where you're not answering yes to all those questions. It takes time sometimes for that to happen. It takes time to know. And we've always been welcoming here at City Temple. We'll take anybody that wants to come and hear the word of the Lord and be part of the fellowship. I mean, we open that up. But if you really want to be knit together, and that's what we're talking about here, and not everybody that's in every church has their hearts knit together. If you really want to be knit together, then you need to be able to answer these three questions. But understand that if you say no to either of those, I mean, you can come and say, well, maybe I've come in shalom. Maybe I've come to help. Maybe I'm willing to have my heart united. But if you, if you say, no, I've not come in shalom. No, I've not come to help. No, I'm not really willing for my heart to be united. Then let me tell you, according to David here, according to the word of God, God's rebuke is the outcome if you come to betray or you deceive. And the promise here is that if you answer yes, not only will your heart be knit together in love, but also the Holy Spirit will clothe you as he clothed Amasai. He will fall upon you to enable you to follow through with your commitment and enable you to recognize God's favor on those people. You see, until you answer yes, to those questions, you'll never understand the favor of the Lord upon that group of people. But when you do answer yes, all of a sudden, God will show you where his promise and favor lies. And I want God's favor more than I want blessings and numbers. I want God's favor more than I want money. I want God's favor more than I want a new building. I want God's favor more than I want a ministry. We want God's favor because God's favor is everything. And we want to see that. So we know the purpose and we know the prerequisites. Now we need to understand a bit the promises of knitting hearts together. Because it's, it's so filled with promises. A big promise here is that that is the pathway to having leadership and influence in any group of people. Having your heart knit together. Marcos is an elder today because he said yes to all three of those questions and the Holy Spirit knit his heart together with ours and that's the pathway to leadership. And we ask those three questions of anybody that's potentially nominated to serve as an elder in this church. And if our elders don't say yes, it's absolutely obvious from that person's life and our experience of that person that, we, that they say yes to all those three questions, we will never allow them to be ordained as an, el as an elder. And it's so important. So it's the pathway to leadership and real influence. 
The second thing is that our hearts, our inner being, will be encouraged. We'll have strength and we'll have calmness. We'll have courage in difficult times. That's according to verse 2. two. Another promise is that we will be enabled to reach all the fullness, uh, all the, excuse me, all the riches of full assurance of understanding. When your hearts are knit together with other Christians, that's when you get to a point you say, yes, I know that I know that I know that I'm a follower of Jesus. Because if your heart's not knit together with other believers, you are always going to be prey for Satan. But when your heart is knit together, you can say, yes, I know that I know that I know Jesus is my Lord and I will be saved. Also, we are enabled to reach Oh, I already said that one, sorry. There's another enabled to reach. Uh, again, according to verse 2, we are enabled to reach the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. You know what? You will not know fully who Jesus is just by reading the Bible. Although there's no other book that you can read to know the fullness of Jesus. You will not know fully the truth about Jesus simply by the Holy Spirit being upon you and you reading the Bible. If you really want to come to a full knowledge of Jesus, of who he really is, you need to have your hearts knit together. That's the promise here. That's when you come to a full understanding of God's mystery, who is Jesus Christ. Having our hearts knitted together is a place of protection and strength. You know, notice what he says here. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Right now, every day, I'm seeing stuff pop up on my news feeds and, and around YouTube and stuff about leaders who are giving false teaching, uh, there's false testimony. There's people who are leaving the faith. I mean, it's happening on a constant basis. And there are so many plausible-sounding arguments for why Jesus is not God and Christianity is not true. And I tell you, don't believe them. But if you really want to be protected, you need to have your hearts knit together. That's the place of protection from all that stuff. Also, having your hearts knitted together is a place of fruitfulness and maturity. That's where you're going to experience the great fruitfulness of your life. That's where you'll grow to maturity in Jesus Christ to bless others. As Paul said, he's doing all this that we can present everyone mature in Christ. Chapter 1, verse 28. So those are some of the promises of having our hearts knit together. But we also need to know the perils of having our hearts knit together. Because, listen, there are a lot of perils, and it's the primary reason why a lot of people refuse to allow their hearts to be knit together. And I've known many of them over the years, and it's always sad. It's always sad to me. Having your hearts knit together with other people, understand this, is dangerous. It is absolutely dangerous. And you shouldn't let this happen unless you understand the dangers. So what are the dangers? Number one, you lose your independency. 
You can't go around saying, well, I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I don't have to listen to those people. I don't have to uh, commit to them. I can stay back. I can stay aloof. I can stand off a bit. I don't have to get involved. I don't really have to commit there. If your hearts are knit together, you lose that independency. In fact, let me tell you, that independency is sin. So if you have it, you're in a dangerous place already. But you lose that independency. Also, if your hearts are knit together, then you must allow yourself to be persuaded by and then fully cooperate with leaders. That's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, by the way. I like a lot of leaders say, uh, they like to quote it because it says, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. But actually, I think the better translation is to say, allow yourself to be persuaded by your leaders. It means you may not disagree with them, but give them the benefit of the doubt. Allow yourself to be persuaded by them and then cooperate with their leadership. And that's especially true when you don't agree with them. Another danger is you link your destiny with to other people without knowing the outcome. If your heart's knit together here at City Temple, that's, that's dangerous. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, one day I might wake up and turn into a cult leader. If I do, kill me. I mean, that's my prayer. I've always prayed that God would kill me rather than let me lead his people astray. And it's a serious prayer, by the way. So if, you, if I ever fall down dead during a sermon, you know I was about to say something I shouldn't have said. But, uh, but it's, you think about the men of Benjamin. Okay, here they are. They're part of Saul's tribe. Saul is the king. He's the guy that has the authority. And here they are going to David. What happens if David dies? If Saul succeeds in killing David? Guess what's going to happen to them? They're going to die. It is a dangerous thing because you link yourself to the destiny of a group of people without knowing where it's going. And, and let me, you know, in case that gets you really nervous, let me really be clear. Not only do you not know where it's going, but in many ways you'll probably be uncomfortable and dislike it. I didn't know what was going to happen to me when I came here 20 years ago. And if God had showed me everything I'd go through, I would have not come. But I'm glad I came. And I don't mind being linked together with you guys in terms of my destiny. And the last danger here, and this has got to be your favorite, you will change in ways that you absolutely cannot control. If you link your hearts, if your hearts, if you allow the Holy Spirit to knit your hearts together with other people, it will change you. And you have no idea. You have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, I go back to the United States now. I haven't been back for a few years. But I go back now, and the people that have known me for most of my life, they're like, who are you, and what have you done with Rod? I mean, they just don't recognize me. They say, you look the same, the accent's the same, but you're not the same. 
I'm a different person because I'm linked to you. You know, being linked together with Olashina, it's changed me. It's changed me completely. And that's true with every single one of you, being linked together with Edmundo. And I think our hearts are knit together, even though we're not in the same church, we're in the same city. Our hearts have been knit together in a, a different kind of way, but I'm different. I, there, are, there are times when I almost get up thinking I can speak Spanish, but it's not quite. I, you know, I keep trying, I keep trying, but uh, it doesn't quite work out that way. So you will change in ways you cannot control, and that includes some of what you consider right now some of your deepest convictions. I'll give you just one quick example. When I came to City Temple, I was from a Presbyterian background, and I was convinced that Presbyterian form of government was the way to go. You know, a church governed solely by a group of elders. I, that, I, that was my conviction. And after 20 years being here, I think that congregational is really the way to go, properly understood, uh, combined with Presbyterian. You know, so I like the blending there. But I was so convicted, I almost didn't come to City Temple because it had a congregational history. You know, in the United States, every pastor knows of at least one congregational church where the minister of that church went on holiday only to come back three weeks later to find that the church had changed the locks on their home, moved all of their furniture out into storage, and fired the pastor while he was on holiday. You know, that happens a lot. Uh, so I'm like, I don't want to be part of that. But yeah, actually, City Temple being a congregational church has really saved me. So you will change in ways that you cannot control, including some of your deepest convictions. So you got to know the perils. But let me tell you, do not allow the perils to keep you from allowing God to knit your hearts together with other Christians because that is the only way to go. That is the only way to go. I know pastors who don't do that, and I think it's sin. As a minister, I could not come into a church without saying, you know, my heart's linked with yours. It's hard when it comes time to leave, as that time normally comes, but it's important. It's hard too when, when you're a member of a church and your heart's linked together, and the Lord says, okay, now it's time to move on. But nothing replaces having your heart knitted together with other believers in a church. Wherever God calls you, wherever it is, He calls you to allow Him to knit your hearts together with other followers of Jesus in that place. It is absolutely 100% essential. Uh, you can get around it, but I guarantee you, if you go around it, you will never mature and you will never reach your place of fruitfulness. I will 100% guarantee you this because I have witnessed it dozens and dozens of times. Refusing to allow God to knit your heart together with others is sin. Just call it it's sin. You need to repent. 
It's an, a, a sign of pride and rebellion in your life. God will show you in your spirit whether you need to allow your heart to be knit together. He will show you in your spirit the answer to those questions. Have you come in peace? Have you come to help? And will you allow your hearts to be knit together with the leaders? This is a word that the Lord gave me on the 14th of September last year. Lord says, and I think he's speaking this to all of us, listen, listen in your spirit. There are those that I have knit together with this church. You will know it if you listen. You will know it. If you're one of these people, you must double down on your commitment and your faithfulness right now. But even if you are not knit together with this church, you can still prosper here. Link yourself with the grace that is upon these people. Link yourself with the grace upon City Temple. We need our hearts knit together to thrive through these next two years, through the redevelopment and into this next season, the season of multiplication. Those with their hearts knit together will benefit from this. And we have our hearts knit together with one another. <laughs> Excuse me, everyone. We have our hearts knit together not only with one another, but also with Jesus. This is not just for us and for our benefit, although we benefit. This is for the glory of God in Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, you are knit with Jesus, and Jesus wants to knit you with his bride. So the primary purpose, the purpose above all purposes for our hearts being knit together is to glorify Jesus, to honor Jesus. In this moment, we're about to approach the Lord's Supper. And one of the reasons we practice the Lord's Supper every month here at City Temple is that it's a visible indicator of our hearts being knit together. When we eat the bread and when we drink from the cup, we're acknowledging, I belong to Christ and I belong to these brothers and sisters around me. And this is true even for you who are joining us at home with the Lord's Supper. The Lord can still knit your heart with us even as you share the bread and the cup with us. So let us willingly allow God to knit our hearts together that we might love one another and we might love Jesus. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for this amazing gift, the gift and promise of having our hearts knit together in you. Lord, I pray that you would show us the answers to those questions about coming in peace, coming to help, and willing to have our hearts united. And Lord, I pray that as you've called us to do this, you'd enable us, empower us to double down on our commitment and our faithfulness. And Lord, I pray for those that may not have had that conviction in their spirit yet, 
I pray that you'd still cause them to flourish and to discover whether this is the place where you've called them to knit their hearts with one another and with you. And let us all surrender to that. Now go with us, Almighty God, as we go to the Lord's Supper. Bless it and encourage us in this time together. For we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Amen. Well, as we share the Lord's